0: Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This is the On the Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glynn.
1: Hello everyone, I am of course your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 64 of the On the Banks Podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11. And of course, you can follow on the Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. There are many ways to listen to all 64 episodes of the On the Banks podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcast and Stitcher, just search on the Banks Podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast platforms, and of course, you can find all of our episodes and so much more great content by going to onthebanks.com. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know about our collaboration with the clothing company Home Field Apparel. They have some very cool and exciting Rutgers apparel to choose from with more to come. Just go to homefieldapparel.com, click on Shop Your School, find Rutgers, and make your selection. Rutgers recruiting is flying high in really every sport, and that's what episode 64 will be focused on. Specifically, we will hone in on wrestling, men's and women's basketball, and football. Joining me on the episode to talk Rutgers athletics recruiting and to give his thoughts on the surge of talent coming to Piscataway is the managing editor of On the Bank's Aaron Brightman. Aaron, I'm glad you're able to join me. Thanks so much for coming on and giving me some of your time.
0: Thanks for having me on again, Lance. And uh, obviously, uh, it's an interesting time with with no sports actively taking place. But uh, it's it's been encouraging and um, and fun to see Rutgers doing so well in the four main sports uh, recruiting wise right now. And uh, I think it really bodes well for the future. Uh, and and keeps Rutgers fans, you know. Uh, hopeful and excited for, for when things do ultimately
1: resume so let's start with wrestling Scott Cadell, since 2007 has been bringing in tons of talent to this wrestling program and has really helped Rutgers assert itself as one of the top programs in the country now what seems like year after year this year's 2020 class was no different. This group has that alpha and John Posnansky, and it has that New Jersey flair that Rutgers Wrestling really has embraced since Scott Goodale took over. When you look at the Ashnaults, Nick Suriano, the Van Brills, all of them obviously recent, and so many others that have come from New Jersey and made Rutgers Wrestling really what it is today.
0: Absolutely. I think, you know, uh, it's really been key since... Um you know, last spring when they won the national championships with national and, uh, Soriano, uh, is that, uh, recruiting wise, he's continued to add new talent to the program. I think we saw this last year, uh, last season, obviously nationals didn't happen, but you know, yet, uh, Nick Aguilar, redshirt freshman from the year before Sammy Alvarez, a true freshman, you know, both NCAA qualifiers, both had good years. Um, Jojo Aragano was a big recruit, uh, as a, as a true freshman had a little bit of an up and down year, but those are three young, talented guys uh in the lower weight classes that have uh huge potential um and then when you add you know the the class of 2020 with more in the the heavier weights um you know with o'neill uh connor o'neill and uh, john posnowski both um you know highly rated uh recruits in in their weight classes i think you're you're starting to see that you know goodell is, is has built the program to last and i think that um you know the future for wrestling is exciting uh and i think they just continue to add great talent, and, and then you have you know next year 2021 Keontae Hamilton, um, one of the I think he's really number two uh heavyweight in, in the country. Um, you know, he's going to play football too, but having him come in, um, you know, I think every year now, I think Goodell just has it on cruise control in a way, um, where you're going to have two or three or four top. Guys in their weight classes every year coming in, and and he really has just done a tremendous job.
1: And Aaron, I think you brought up a good point. It's been the lighter weights that have carried Rutgers at least the last few years. You know, Anthony Ashnault at one forty nine, Nick Soriano at one twenty five, then one thirty three. This year, Sammy Alvarez at one twenty five. But Scott Goodale, when you look at a guy like Poznanski and a guy like Connor O'Neill in the twenty twenty class. He's honing in on the heavier weights, and it hopefully makes Rutgers a more balanced team from one twenty-five to heavyweight. It makes the Scarlet Knights a team that could beat you not only at the lower weight classes, but as you get up to the heavier weights as well.
0: Well, that's that's really the key for if you know. I mean, Rutgers has been very good for for a few years. Uh, this past year, you know, was a little bit up and down with a kind of a transition year. But to really become an elite program, a top 10 program, which I think they can become, it's like you said, it's the balance in the lineup. That uh, there's no easy outs and. Um that they're going to have the upper hand a lot of the times. I think you see, you know, elite programs like Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State. That's That's been their key is, you know, they have NCAA qualifiers at every weight class and and potential national champions in a few. And I think that's what Goodell working uh, towards. And I think, you know, with, with the talent he's added uh, recently and adding in the next class or two, um, you know, they have the potential to get there.
1: It was an up-and-down year this year for Rutgers Wrestling, but I think Scott Goodale will even say it was a better year with the youth that they have than he thought it would be at the beginning of the season. I think that youth is, frankly, what's helping a lot in recruiting. You don't have to sit and wait two or three years before being able to step on the mat. You can come in as a true freshman or a retro freshman in some cases and get varsity experience, I guess, really the best in the country.
0: Absolutely. Opportunity is everything, and I think, uh, you know... In addition, with the practice facility now, I mean, uh, Rutgers wrestling is a top-notch, you know, uh, atmosphere in terms of uh, their environment, uh, their culture. You have, uh, you know, a national champion, Anthony National, still tied to the program. Uh, you know, in in everybody's ear. So, you know, Soriano potentially, uh, now with the Olympics being delayed, you know, who who knows uh, what that will bring in terms of his future coming back. But I think, yeah, you know, he's proven that you can win a national championship at Rutgers. They have top-notch facilities now. There's opportunities up and down in that lineup. There's a lot of young talent. I think, you know, Rutgers wrestling, the sky is the limit. And um, I think, you know, uh, as a team, I think their best uh, years are still ahead of them.
1: Yeah, most definitely, and it'll be interesting to see what Scott Goodell does and what really all coaches do with, um, obviously, this – stoppage of college sports and you mentioned obviously Nick Suryano the Olympics now moved to 2021 well how does that affect him next year because originally it was all thought he would go for the Olympics this year and then come back in 2021 and really do his final year of college wrestling so still so many moving parts with um not only Rutgers wrestling but all of Rutgers sports and the next one i want to move on to to talk about recruiting is women's basketball and you know this incoming 2020 class Aaron is one of Cviv's best ever I think it's a five woman class ranked eighth in the country and number one and the number one class excuse me in the big 10 it has three ESPN top 100 players obviously Sakima Walker ranked 65th China Cornwell ranked 62nd both post uh, front court players and of course the class is led by the sixth ranked player in the nation Diamond Johnson a guard from Philly. Coach Stringer, look, she really impressed me with this class, and I think she really has the Scarlet Knights. When you look at the young talent coming in with the players I just mentioned, as well as the experience returning, looking at people like Zippy Broughton, Arella Garantis, Takia Mack, all coming back, this sets up for a big year next season for the women's basketball program.
0: Definitely. I think that um, her success on the recruiting trail is is, uh, a huge boost for the program. I think getting back to the NCAAs two years ago and then having a good year this year has really helped, I think, you know, the fact that she has um, added five-star recruits in each of the uh, previous two classes with Zippy Broughton, uh, point guard, and then also Maori uh, Davenport, um, who is, by the way, unfortunately leaving the program. But um, getting that kind of recruiting success um, really led to this past class. I think also, you know, Alexis Morris, a former five-star recruit from Baylor, Uh, transferred in so uh, you know recruits gravitate towards you know talent and winning programs and I think they see that you know Stringer is back healthy they're having um, success uh, the last two seasons they've been uh, right at the top of the Big Ten so I think that really helped Uh, Diamond Johnson you know is, is a premier recruit Five-star recruit, uh, top-10 player in the country, dynamic point guard who is also a great shooter from three-point range. I think that's an area Rutgers has lacked um, in recent years uh, on the women's basketball side. So I think uh, you know she has an opportunity to step in right away. Um, and then two two uh, front court players in in Sakima Walker and uh, China Cornwall. Um, I think you know Cornwall is a very physical player. Um, and then Walker, you know, I think will, will be kind of a good mid-range uh, shooter for them. So I think that's balance right there. Um, and I think, yeah, I think the key is development. Um, I think you've seen Takiya Mack and Narela Garantis really develop well under Stringer. And I think the key is all this younger talent, you know, really getting it to work together, uh, the right chemistry on the team, um, and, and, and getting them to, to really gel on the court. I think it's a huge season next year for Zippy Broughton. She's going to be a junior Um, you know, and to be honest, I mean, hasn't really, uh, shown the potential I think she has, um, yet. And I think she could have a real big year now with KK Sanders graduated, um, she she should take over the point guard role, but Diamond Johnson is going to have a lot of opportunity too. And and who knows for Stringer, she might have both on the court at the same time. And I think would bring them a lot of versatility on the court.
1: And I think and you know I in on episode sixty three I had Coach Stringer on the podcast, and she mentioned to me that they were able to accomplish so much a twenty two and nine season with very little depth. They, for most of the season, were only playing with really seven or eight uh, seven or eight girls, and that made the bench really short. So she didn't have that full repertoire of people to throw out there, especially when you had girls like Arely Rontis and Takiyah Mack and KK Sanders either get in foul trouble or get tired. So what this class does is just adds to that depth and adds great talent to that depth as well. So like you mentioned, a player like Zippy Braun, if she ultimately is the starting point guard next season, if she gets tired or if she gets in foul trouble or she's not playing at her best in any given game. They now have the depth to bring in someone like a Diamond Johnson or you look at uh, the front court, obviously. They now have the depth to bring in a Sakima Walker or a China Cornwall to come in to, to play those minutes that whoever the starter is can't play or isn't playing because of whatever reason. And that's something this team didn't have last year and will have now going forward.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. I think, um, you know, this past year, yes, yeah, she, she relied heavily on her starters. I think that she honestly traditionally does. But I think this past season um, really was was forced into that to a large degree. I think, you know, um, it was a veteran team. Uh, and now, you know, with Sanders and Jordan Wallace up front graduating, um, you know, the, she needs players to step in. And I think that the, the talent that she's bringing in with this class um, is huge. And I think that uh, certainly they have, uh, you know, the ceiling should continue to be top of the Big Ten, top five, and um, I think another NCAA tournament bid. So I think, you know, Garantis is interesting. I think she's, you know, she has a great future in the WNBA um, and how the, certain, the current climate affects things will be interesting. I think it's possible. She could enter the uh, WNBA draft early, but hopefully she returns. And I think if she does, um, along with this class coming in, I think Rutgers, you know, will be picked pretty high in the conference and and may even start the season, uh, you know, nationally ranked.
1: And I think it's a lot of fun and, and very exciting because it doesn't happen often to talk about a Rutgers program that is ranked eighth in the country and tops in the Big Ten by a prominent outlet like ESPN. And it's a real testament to see Vivian Stringer and her staff. And I think she's really building off the excitement of the last few seasons, just as, you know, football is using their new excitement to recruit and men's basketball is using their new excitement to bring talent in.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, listen, she's, uh, she's accomplished pretty much everything uh other than winning a national championship so i think that um you know her pedigree speaks for itself and i think that recruits are drawn to that and i think that um after a little bit of lull from the ncaa tournament i think the last two seasons has really helped re-energize um the staff and just the team and uh really help things on the recruiting trail so i think that um you know continued progress with this and i think like i said now it's all about player development she has the talent And it's getting them to um, really gel as a team. And I think, yeah, they they certainly have the potential to be one of the best uh, teams in the Big Ten and and, and potentially in the country the next few seasons.
1: And uh, before we move on to men's basketball, one last thing with the women's basketball – it's interesting to see where Cviv goes to get these recruits. They're not obviously all from New Jersey or the tri-state area or the surrounding region. Obviously, Diamond Johnson is from from Philadelphia, but you look at someone like uh, China Cornwell, who I believe is from North Carolina, and then Sakima Walker, who's from Ohio. You look at Zippy Broughton a couple years ago. She's from Alabama. Uh, so Cviv is really scouring the country to get these five-star recruits, and she's bringing them from places both near and far to come to Rutgers and, like you said, to put together together a group that has potential to be one of the best in the big 10 and hopefully next year be one of the best in the country
0: absolutely and i think that you're right uh she's uh recruited nationally um and and that's really helped i think um new jersey is a strong uh state you know for women's basketball as well not as strong as men's basketball but i think you know it's it's all about branding too and she she's a she's a big name in the sport And I think that really helps her nationally and um, in terms of being able to go out and recruit. And I think that she's, yeah, targeted uh, players that have fit her style and, um, you know, are willing to play defense. And uh, I think that, you know, uh, being able to get a top player somewhat locally like Diamond Johnson out of Philly uh, is also important. But yeah, um, I think for all the sports, you know, to be able to recruit nationally now, and that's really what the Big Ten has helped, um, you know, uh, get Rutgers name out there, a bit, be able to go out to the Midwest and. I think Ohio is a state that that all the sports have really kind of targeted now um, because it has so much talent. And I think that that's really helped all the programs move forward.
1: Joined alongside by the managing editor of On the Banks, Aaron Brightman. So we just got done talking about women's basketball. Let's now switch over to the men's basketball team. And look, we need to start with Cliff. Aaron, to me and I mentioned it on episode 63 of the podcast this commitment means so much more than just bringing in a four-star potential game-changing talent and look of course he is that there's no doubt about it but this is now the third straight year Paykel has brought in some of the top New Jersey talent with obviously Ron two years ago and Paul Mulcahy last year and Paykel looking at it really fought off some major programs to land Amaru you look at teams like Kentucky, UConn, Arizona State and Auburn being the other four along with Rutgers in his top five this showed that rutgers now they can get in there with the big boys for recruits and have the ability unlike past years to come out on top and ultimately land the player
0: well I. um you know, what Steve Peichel's done both on the court and off the court has been really amazing. I think um, what what is really great about it is he, he's said it all along, you know, the, and, and, and Cliff O'Murray actually mentioned that um, after he committed, is that everything that Peichel told him when he offered him his freshman year four years ago has come true. And I think obviously progress on the court is, is a big part of this. Um, you know, it, it, not only is Rutgers, you know, uh, um, an NCAA contender next year, but I mean, they're, they're going to be, they're going to open in most preseason polls ranked. And um, obviously, Omar already helps that. But I think they, they would have been anyway. Um, you know, you're seeing outlets like the New York Post, you know, put them in, in number 15 in the country for next season. I mean, it's just it, it's almost hard to comprehend right now how the perception has changed. Um, and obviously not overnight. It's been a four year process. But it, all of a sudden, this past few months it feels like things have have turned pretty quickly for the better um and i think yeah like you said i i think the key for michael is this is the third recruiting cycle in a row he's landed his top target uh two years ago it was montez mathis four star out of maryland um, last year it was Paul Mulcahy, and now you have Omaroyi. So I think that's really, um, you know, how many programs across the country can say the last three recruiting classes they they got their top target. So um, you know, and, and he and the staff have been extremely resourceful, especially in the first couple years of having a plan Plan B. Uh, for everything, um, and, and finding the right fit for the program, and I think he was able to do that, and that's garnered some success. And you know, also target kind of under the radar guys like Ron Harper, um, Jr. Um, that, that kind of emerged as, his, as a senior. Um, but I think, like you said, e- even getting Harper Jr. and he the last two classes out of New Jersey, Rutgers, I mean, for years, has never landed one of the top two or three recruits in the state. And Omarori, you know, is ranked second or third in the state right now for his class. So I think that it's a huge perception changer on the recruiting trail, and it shows that, you know, Rutgers is a, is a desired place um to for for all top recruits but especially now in new jersey if Rutgers can start landing a top recruit in the state every year top three or four guy i mean it's it, the sky is the limit for the program
1: and i think what's been so big as i think about how this whole cliff Amorui commitment came together it's been the consistency of the coaching staff jay young takes the head coaching job at fairfield and steve peichel stays within the program and promotes steven hayne carl hobbs has been there every year Brandon Knight has been there every year, as has Shoes of a When you have consistency on the staff, it makes it that much easier to bring in high-level talent because they then have the ability to form relationships that are both two, three, four years long. It allows the coaches, really, a chance to know the recruit better, and at the same time, the recruit a chance to know the coaches better.
0: I totally agree. I think that Brandon Knight has been the major key uh, to the success uh, under Steve Heichel. I think uh, I was very excited when, when Steve Pike was able to hire him, Um, you know, Pitt tried to court him back uh, last year with Jeff Capel. Um, He ended up staying. I thought that was a huge um, kind of unspoken uh, under the radar win uh, for Steve Pike to keep Brandon Knight. And I think his presence on the recruiting trail has been huge. Um, He's a big name in New Jersey just from uh, his playing days, but also very well-respected assistant coach. I think he's done a great job uh, on the court uh, grooming the guards Uh, And I think the players love playing for him, too. So I think that's been huge. I totally agree on the continuity. And I think really right now, what you're seeing is guys like Geo Baker and Ron, Ron Harper Jr. have emerged as leaders in the program. And, you know, even on the recruiting trail, you know, when you have these guys taking official visits, you know, both of them are just tremendous players to have in their ears Be able to to back up what all the coaches are saying. Um, You've seen the development of both players emerge as the two best players on the team. Uh, Neither were highly ranked. Um, You know Harper did garner some some uh, a four-star ranking, I believe, from Rivals uh, at the end of his senior year. But um, you know, still both both two three-star players that um, received Big Ten honors this year. So I think you know, when you're a higher rate of recruit and you're talking to these guys and see how they've developed, I think it really breeds confidence and shows that, I mean, and I think that's another uh, kind of underrated strength of the coaching staff is how well they've done with player development. Um, you're seeing a lot of guys continue to get better and I think that, that that is that is huge and I think overall the continuity helps with the player development end as well, um, players know what to expect um, and, and there's been consistency in their practices and just in terms of preparation And I think Steve Peichel has just done an amazing job overall. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see uh, how the roster shakes out for next season. Um, Right now it's full. I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see if if anyone just the nature of college basketball, if anyone does leave and then kind of how the staff then handles that. Um, Do they go after, if it does happen, a grad transfer or sit-out transfer Um, and then, you know, I, I don't want to, well, I'll skip ahead, but you can take it from here, but just talking about how they're even off to a great start with 2021.
1: They certainly are off to a big start in 2021. But before we discuss that class, as it stands right now, I want to hear your thoughts on the other three in the 2020 class, because look, although he's garnered the most attention, Cliff Amari is not the only one in this 2020 class. Oscar Palmquist, Dean Reber, and Moat Mog round out the four-man class for Coach Peichel. With those three, do you foresee them coming in and making a big impact like previous freshmen and freshman classes such as Gio, Paul Mulcahy, or the really the whole freshman class of 2018?
0: Great question. Sorry, I got ahead of myself there. I was excited. Uh, but... Look, Rutgers
1: basketball, yeah, no. you know, this is Rutgers basketball, Aaron. I feel like... Um, it's, we have no choice, but to get excited. Let's be real. I mean, come on, this is, this is exactly. And look, I'm only 23. Um, and you've sat through more losing seasons. I'm a 24. Actually, I forgot my own birthday, but, um, you sat through more (laughs) losing seasons than I have, but you know, I, we, we can't help but get excited.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I think, um, in terms of uh, the four freshmen coming in, honestly, I think patience is key, even with Omaruri. I think what people need to understand is yes, he's highly rated, um, he has enormous potential. He's also an extremely raw player that really has only played organized basketball for a handful of years. So um, I think, you know, defensively, he is going to make Rutgers. Even better, which is hard to cons- uh, to really believe if, you know, uh, they were ranked sixth nationally in defensive efficiency this past year. I think his his presence as a rim defender um, at, at being able to block shots, being able to alter shots, um, be able to clog up space, you know, and and, and who knows if how Paykel will utilize him with the rest of the lineup. But just the idea of him and Miles Johnson both down low. Uh, will really cause a lot of problems for for, uh, Big Ten opponents. But I think, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he's brought along. I don't think, you know, if people are expecting a, a, you know, 15-point, 12-rebound, three-block shot type season, I think, uh, you know, that's a little unfair. I think Omari is the type of player that over time will really develop into that type of player. But I think next year... um, You know, with the depth on the roster, if seven of the top eight contributors are back uh, statistically. So I think, like you said, it was a great point about the freshman class. They're going to have time to uh, adjust to the college level. I think that um, Oscar Palmquist, you know, is as the the top shooter in the class. I think him being on campus and being with the team already is is certainly going to help his uh, kickstart his development uh, for next season. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he uh, contributes. Uh, I think for him, the key is how how he can defend right away. I think that will be uh, a bit of an adjustment for him. I think that Dean Reber uh, has the potential as a stretch four to be a, a good player. Um, I do think kind of similarly with what I saw with Paul Mulcahy um, in preseason practice. I, I think both players, you know, adjusting to the speed of the college game um, and, and their footwork, I think that will take time for him. Um, but I think that, you know, you'll definitely see Paykel tinker uh, and give these guys opportunities, tinker with the lineup and give them opportunities in the non-conference schedule um, to see, see where they're at. Um, I actually think Mog Mag uh, out of um, California plays for a very good program, Prolific Prep. Uh, in California national program, I think that he might have the potential of the three, Palmquist, Reber, and, and Mag, um, to play right away. Uh, he, he's a physical wing who really defends well. Um, he's athletic. Um, he's not so polished offensively, but I think he could be an asset in, um, in transition. Um, I, he kind of reminds me of Montez Mathis a little bit, and I think that um, you know maybe he even uh, kind of subs for him. Uh, but I think Mac could really uh, surprise people and, and be the biggest contributor of the three next year. I think with Palmquist and Reaver it's, it's really about their um, adjusting to the speed of the game um, physically. Uh, and, you know, who, who knows? And Paykel is creative, and I think with, with the depth of the roster next year, you know, potentially, you, you may see how it shakes out. You may even try to redshirt one of them uh, just to kind of help with their development long term. Um, I think that really, really helped Miles Johnson a couple of years ago. Uh, and, and, you know, it's very possible that that could happen with somebody again next
1: year. And now to move over to 2021, obviously Jaden Jones is the one and only commit so far in that class. Uh four-star, I believe the top player in Missouri. He's a combo guard, but he just continues that trend uh, that Steve Pikel loves of having tall guard and, and wing kind of players. I think he stands at either 6-7 or 6-8, you know, someone who Obviously can guard the smaller defender um, in the backcourt, which, you know, has benefited Rutgers defense greatly the last couple years, made them one of the toughest defensive teams in the country. And it was just so exciting to see that not only was Steve Peigel focused on Cliff Amarui and finishing out this 2020 class, but he was also focused on the 2021 class and being able to already lock in a four-star commit. With, you know, over a year till that next signing day is just so exciting for Rutgers basketball and just shows that Steve Peichel is not only looking at the near term, but also has that long term vision in place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, it was a bit of a surprise to get his commitment at the beginning of March, um, but it was a huge win. Top 100 recruit uh, to get the 2021 class going, um, he, you know, and I think what's, what's uh, exciting about Jones is that he, he really is a, a dynamic offensive player. I think he could be as talented an offensive player as Rutgers has right now. Um, uh, again, we'll see what his impact is and what the lineup looks like when he comes in as a freshman two seasons from now. But I really think long term he could be a, a, a huge offensive presence for the team. Um, you know, Paykel loves versatility uh, in his players and Jones just fits right into that, that kind of fit. Um, in terms of being able to play multiple positions, be able to guard multiple positions. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the other thing too is I, I, uh – I. You know, he used to play for Prolific Prep as well. So they kind of found Mag uh, when they were recruiting Jaden Jones. So again, Rutgers has done a great job on the recruiting trail, kind of always keeping an eye out for underrated talent. Um, but I think Jones is, yeah, a huge name in the class to, to get right away, um, really gets things off to a great start. Then you add Omar Roy for the 20 class. And I think, you know, Rutgers has all of the momentum in the world that you can have. Um, you know, going into this uh, 2021 recruiting cycle. And really the the big fish, their top target that they're they're pursuing is Trey Patterson, Um, you know, the guard that's local. Uh, And I think uh, how his recruitment uh, ends up will be interesting. You know, he's a national recruit, Indiana, um, and UConn are after him. And I think if Rutgers was able to to land him, uh, that would be just another huge statement. Um, And I think... uh, You know, as adding more talent on the wing with him, uh, you know, he's another 6'7", 6'8"-type guy, plays for Rutgers prep right out of their backyard. Um, They've never really gotten someone like that uh, in terms of locally, uh, who's, you know, either the number one or number two player in the class, uh, top 50 recruit again. So if they could combo Omarori in 2020 and then bring in Patterson along with Jones in 2021, I mean, it would be – quite a statement on the recruiting trail for Steve Peigel.
1: So to finish off the podcast, let's look at football now. You know, as we sit here on April 3rd, Rutgers 2021 class, they're ranked 11th in the nation by 24-7 sports with 10 commits, two of which are in the top 10 in New Jersey and five in total are in the top 15. Now, you can get excited or not about rankings in early April, but it's clear that the Shiano effect, as fans like myself call it, it's for real. And I mentioned it maybe to you off air or to a friend of mine, but this kind of class, in my mind, is exactly what would have happened for Rutgers in 2013. I think had Greg Schiano stayed and not left for the NFL, we would have started seeing classes like this one way more often. Recruiting wouldn't have regressed like it did under Flood and Ash. And to me, this is basically Greg Schiano continuing the momentum he had in 2012, just, you know, eight years later.
0: Totally agree, uh, and I think it was one of the biggest reasons why it did. Uh, it was a no-brainer to bring him back because he brought instant credibility uh, to the program, um, and was so well thought of within uh, the state of New Jersey. And you're seeing those wins on the recruiting trail right away. Um, you know, he has five of the top 13 players in the state committed for the class of 2021, which is amazing. Um, you know, uh, he hasn't landed any of the top, top guys. Um, but that's okay. You know, he hasn't gone head to head really in terms of wins yet against Penn state, Michigan, um, and Ohio state, but that's, that's obviously going to take time. But I think the fact that you're seeing him, you know, beat other power five programs right away, even like Tennessee, Boston college Pitt, Syracuse, you know, schools that he used to beat when he was at Rutgers on the recruiting trail that Rutgers was, was losing pretty badly to the last few years. I think, uh, is a huge step forward, and I think the fact that you know we knew defensively he was going to bring a lot of credibility, and you're seeing a, a lot of this talent um, in the 2021 class is uh, defensive oriented. Car, uh, Kyrie Banton. Um, from Westside Newark, you know the four-star linebacker he just got uh, last week is a huge add, and I think you know you've seen speed too as a priority to this class. Um, but just being able to keep some of the top players home uh, and, and and adding the talent that he has, um, even just with not even coaching a game yet, uh, obviously is um, speaks uh, you know gives optimism to the future. And I think you know this class and the next class are really key for him to add top talent to really kickstart the rebuild um so by year three you know the, the potential for this program to really uh be uh, at the level where they're you know winning six or more games every year i i think right now the way they've started on the recruiting trail it gives hope that that's possible
1: and you mentioned Kyrie banton the top commit in the class so far i believe ranked seventh in the state of new jersey by 24 7 sports well, look, Rutgers right now doesn't have anyone in the top five, the exciting thing is the inroads they're making with guys in that top five and six range, like Vandermark and Esteem from St. Joe's and Tyrone Malone, the top player in the state. Greg Ciano coming in has really changed Rutgers' chances with these top players from slim chances before he came in to really as great a chance as any other school has of landing these four-star, five-star talents.
0: Absolutely, and I think that's that's always been his vision. That was his vision that we were starting to see come to fruition uh, in his first go-round, um, and then he's added even a better staff this time. Uh, you know, Fran Brown has been huge uh, on the recruiting trail and had so much credibility in his relationships. And, you know, Rutgers has not done well in South Jersey traditionally. Um, so he's going to be an asset down there. You hire Augie Hoffman, um, you know, a, a very successful high school coach from St. Joe's regional. You have Nunzio uh, nuncio campanella who was a very successful high school coach as well. So um, you have a really good blend there on the recruiting trail. And like you said, I think, you know, if if you can get those top five guys, um, you know, uh, on the offensive side from St. Joe's, uh, that that will really boast the offense. I think how Sean Gleason, the new offensive coordinator, um, you know how who he targets and who he's able to bring in, especially obviously at quarterback um, and at the skill positions, will really um, you know uh, speak of of the direction of the offense moving forward. But I think that um, the way that they've they've started this class is necessary. I think we'd be remiss if we, if we didn't mention you know obviously with with uh, the coronavirus COVID 19 happening. I, I do think it's help them in terms of, and I think with all sports, I think that for New Jersey recruits, right, the, the key has always been keeping them home for Rutgers, and I think that, you know, it has helped in a way, I think it's made everybody kind of rethink things and and realize how they, you know, being close to family is, is a good thing, and being close to your friends and family, and um, you know, I think that's made a lot of top recruits rethink things, and I think the key, though, is that Rutgers, across all the sports, is in position to be successful. I think that you know, even with this happening right Now and kind of, you know, no visits being able to happen. If Rutgers wasn't set up to do well in the future, they wouldn't be getting these recruits. So I think, you know, the the fact that you have Shiano, you know, if you look at it versus if they brought in just random is the wrong word, but any other coach. I think that it would have been very hard right now to be able to recruit. And I think that because of Shiano's previous experience at Rutgers, his credibility, um, you know, being uh, known by these guys when he was at Ohio State, I think has really helped him uh, build faith and belief that, hey, if you come here, you're going to win. And I think that that's really helped uh, along with the staff. And then you have, I mean, you know, this week the New Jersey governor amidst all this. He was on WFAN and, you know, he – he praises uh, Shiano and Peichel and Stringer and, 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 and how Rutgers is rocking it were his exact words. So, I mean, to have the, the the governor supporting Rutgers like never before, too. I mean, there's just so much momentum uh, for Rutgers across all the sports. But uh, obviously with football, um, Shiano's done a great job so far.
1: And Aaron, before I let you go, I want to get your take on this. I think what we're seeing right now with Rutgers athletics overall is simply sports helping sports, Look at what Greg Shiano was able to do this year, bringing 40 to 50 recruits at times to sold out just electric men's basketball games at the rack. His predecessors, Kyle Flood, Chris Ash, they were never able to do that. They never had the luxury of doing that. We see various coaches at other press conferences and other coaches at all the different games. It makes Rutgers so much more appealing when you have all these sports working together than when you have sports distancing themselves from one another, not in unison and just not embracing the other's accomplishments.
0: Very great, uh, great point, and I think that you know you have to give credit to Athletic Director Pat Hobbs, uh, for that as well. I think you know the key in all of this is hiring the right people, and I think that, um, Shiano and Peichel are just two coaches of high major sports that they, they just get it, um, and and uh, they understand the power of uniting the community, um, and how that that kind of uh plays into supporting all the other sports. And you know, uh, joking about you know Flood and, and Ash didn't have you know basketball to kind of uh, help uh, recruit football players. You know, Shiano didn't have that his first go-around either. So this is just another thing that he has. Um, and, you know, to see him as a staple at all the home games this, this winter for basketball was really something. Uh, and, and even just to be seen on TV. Um, but to be seen in the crowd, I think, you know, it's uh, it was a great sign, I think, for those that were concerned, you know, that he was going to isolate and really make football the priority over everything else. I think you're seeing that he's seeing the power and uh, 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 of of promoting all the sports. I think his time at Ohio State kind of helped him with that mindset um, because Ohio State does an amazing job of you know really promoting and being very good in in almost every sport. So I think he saw the power of that at Ohio State, and he's brought that mindset to Rutgers. I think Paykel has always kind of had that, you know, in terms of building the community, and you've seen him. I mean, he's made donations to the golf program, you know, and some things that don't even get reported. So I think, yeah, that that continuity, um, that camaraderie uh, has really helped strengthen the athletic department as a whole. So you have to give Hobbs credit for that, for finding the right people and promoting that type of environment. Um, And I think, yeah, really – they, you know, as, as tough as times are right now, um, you know, and how hard it is to not have sports. I think the exciting thing for Rutgers fans is that when everything does kind of settle out and, and we kind of rebuild and, and regroup as a country, you know, there's a lot to look forward to from a Rutgers perspective moving forward with college sports. I think that, you know, as a, as a whole, the athletic department has really, I mean, as far as I can remember, hasn't been as, an, as good a position overall uh, moving forward. And I think that, um, it's going to be something to look forward to, uh, and something very exciting uh, for the future. And, and, and really as as, as good as your coaches are, um, from a next and those perspective, it's all about talent and being able to see the top four programs for Rutgers recruit at the level they are right now is really exciting. Um, and really I think bodes well for the future.
1: Uh, You know, frankly, at a time when we all need distractions, rutgers athletics the four sports we've talked about have certainly been providing those distractions and providing exciting distractions so you know we can't really thank rutgers football wrestling men's and women's basketball enough for at what is a very difficult time providing so much excitement and so much joy to obviously all of us fans who follow and support the athletic department aaron as always thank you so much for coming on and you know as i said to all my guests during this time please stay safe and of course stay healthy and i really appreciate the time
0: absolutely lance you as well and to all our listeners uh thanks for you know them continuing to visit our site and we're trying to um you know provide as much uh content as possible during this time and i think uh, the feedback's been great and you continue to do a great job with the podcast and uh it's fun to have it as regularly as you're doing it and uh thanks again for having me on and uh you know, we'll all get. I think it's important as a community of Rutgers sports fans to to really kind of stay together during this time. And I think, like you said, you know, having the future uh, be so bright, I think, is really inspiring and and something to look forward to. And and uh, thank you again for having me on. And look forward to seeing uh, seeing all this talent come together for for all these sports in the future. Follow on the banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. And subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.